You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts, including Alexa. You can go search, have Alexa play the Buffalo Rumblings podcast, and you will get our podcast along with the whole family of Buffalo Rumblings podcasts. I highly recommend you subscribe to us if you haven't already. But either way, however you're finding us, thank you for taking the time uh, on this early summer day. My name is John Boccasino, being joined by Jamie D'Amico here on the podcast. And Jamie, there's really no easy way to get into today's podcast topic. We're really in the middle of a, a watershed and a critical moment uh, in this nation's history. Uh, we are going on 13 straight days and nights as of this recording of protests that are taking place around the country and really around the world uh, here in America in big cities and in small cities alike. We are seeing people who are taking to the streets to protest uh, police brutality and issues of racism and bias against citizens. This all stems from the death of George Floyd, the Minneapolis man who uh, police officers held down in a chokehold for nearly nine minutes uh, that took place again almost two weeks ago. And people are protesting. People are taking to the streets. And this has not been unaffected by the sports world, uh, the Buffalo Bills. The National Football League came out uh, with a statement in a shocking role reversal saying that they uh, condone the violence and that they hear finally what the uh, what their black players have been talking about since Colin Kaepernick took a knee you know, several years ago. And I know this is a sports podcast and a Buffalo Bills podcast, but Jamie D'Amico and myself really wanted to have a conversation about what Buffalo, what the Bills are doing um, to come together and address this uncertainty and this unrest uh, during these unbelievably crazy times between COVID-19, the pandemic, the economy getting in the toilet, and now you've got these protests that are tearing apart uh, our country right now. Jamie, I want to preface this all by saying we are both two white males here in America uh, on the podcast. We are, are talking about the Buffalo Bills and their impact on these protests. But I feel this is a topic, and you brought it up first, that this is something that's worth addressing uh, because the Bills have come out and taken a pretty strong uh, stance through statements by different team leaders and players and owners. And and then this whole thing gets put under the uh, microscope because Jake Fromm, the fifth round draft pick out of Georgia, uh, there were some racially insensitive text messages that were released uh, that he apparently had said back in 2019. So this is a very tumultuous time for our country, it seems like. We want the listeners to know that 
we are not a politics podcast, and that is not what we are doing today. What we are doing today is discussing how this is affecting our team with the combination of Sean McDermott coming together with the players, the the insensitive text that came from Jake Fromm, and how that's going to affect his relationship with teammates. Now, again, like you said, we know who we are. We are not people that have been affected by, uh, by, you know, being minorities in American society. So we cannot comment on that in in any sort of educated way. All we can do is stop and listen on that front. That said, um, also for context here, I live in the nation's capital. I live in Dupont Circle, and. This past weekend alone, tens of thousands of people have marched through my neighborhood and even past my house uh, on their way to different protests that are happening around here. And it has been very peaceful, as a matter of fact. With the exception of last weekend, there were some people getting out of control, and that was unfortunate for everybody involved. But getting back to the topic at hand, we probably wouldn't have touched on this at all if it wasn't for the text messages of Jake Fromm coming out and John and I speaking to each other about how this might affect the locker room. And also Leslie Frazier being interviewed this past week. And God, he seems like a wise man, doesn't he? You know, Jamie, uh, Leslie Frazier is one of those guys. He has clearly risen up the ranks in Buffalo, the uh, current Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, also an assistant head coach. Uh, he gave uh, he's he was on a Zoom call with reporters talking about how the team is coming together and again, addressing these very difficult issues that a lot of them have known firsthand uh, growing up, especially, again, the minority players, the African-American players and Hispanic players sharing their perspectives. Leslie Frazier uh, is, is a very well-respected man in the National Football League. He played as a defensive back for the Chicago Bears when they won Super Bowl twenty back in the mid-'80s, part of Buddy Ryan's famed 4-6 defense. And I want to start off, Jamie, my talk about Leslie Frazier um, the main goal of what he has told reporters when it comes to not only how the team is moving forward through all of these, but in general as a society, what we need to do is it has to be all of us. And that's where I felt like we really could come and play a small role. We're a Buffalo Bills podcast, but when it comes to dealing with these issues, it has to be on all of us to have these conversations and it, it can be uncomfortable and it can be difficult, but we're relying on people who have gone through this to share their perspective. And I was struck what Leslie Frazier told a story back in the day when he was playing for the Bears. Uh, he was stopped uh, during his playing days by a police officer in a shopping mall and asked for his identification, wondering what Leslie Frazier was doing at the mall. And then only when the ID, when the license Frazier handed over to the cop, did the cop read his name and recognize, oh, he's a bear. He plays for the Bears. He's a Bears fan. That's when he let him go and, and stopped his suspicions, and he was afforded that because of his name and his notoriety in playing football, whereas people like George Floyd weren't afforded that luxury of having the notoriety. So I feel like when it comes to this topic, 
the Buffalo Bills, from what I can tell, and say what you want about Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula, but from Sean McDermott on down, it seems like all of them have been abhorred by what they witnessed, and they're trying to use this as a moment to really – they preach culture all the time. Sure. And this is an example where the team and the coaches are listening to what their players have to say over these incidents, and I think it's putting – you know they're, they're walking the walk and talking the talk when it comes to – you know, really, it would be one thing if they glossed over what had happened, but the Bills seem to take this very seriously, as they should, and they want to make sure that their players are not only that they that their feelings are being validated, but that they feel like they have a chance to express to some of their teammates who might never have gone through any of these issues, like the Jake Fromms out there who are on the other end of the spectrum. So to me, Jamie, I really applaud the Bills coaches for gosh, these meetings should be had face to face, but we have the pandemic, so they can't do that. And now they're trying to have these incredibly complicated conversations through Zoom. I applaud them for what they're trying to do to bring this team together. It shows some fantastic leadership. And when when Leslie Frazier was interviewed for um well with the athletic he was asked if he was if he gave Sean McDermott any coaching, and what he said was just make sure whatever you say, you say it from the heart. And what we're seeing from the Bills brass is some excellent leadership. This is obviously what we're seeing in the world right now is much bigger than football, and that's not lost on these guys. They, while it is their profession, they also realize that it's a game, it's entertainment, that there is a a niche in our society for it, but it affects everybody on, on a personal level, especially people of color, as you mentioned. And I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the Bills because they they do preach culture and what we're seeing is how they're going about building it. It, it is it is really important that we keep going back again to this culture part of it. And, you know, you look at it's really hard for anybody to respect a leader in their organization or in their workforce who says one thing and does a different thing. And so for McDermott, for Leslie Frazier, for Brian Dable, who is, again, a white man uh, who has not viewed these experiences as the same as his African-American players have, for them all to come out and kind of be on the same page, for McDermott to say that he was disappointed, disgusted, and ashamed at seeing the video of George Floyd from Minneapolis This is sending a message from the top on down that, okay, it's a business. We're here to win games, but you're more than just players to me. You're part of the family. And and I I really have to, again, you know, commend what the bills have done in handling this because they're trying to use this as most, as much of our country is as an educational watershed moment to bring different people together. You know, we always hear the phrase that America is a cultural melting pot and we're all immigrants. We all come from different places and, and have different backgrounds. And in football, that's exactly the same case. You've got 53 active players coming from small schools, big schools, rural cities, big cities, farms, big towns, you know, they run the gamut of where they come from as a background. And to hear Sean McDermott, to hear the the leadership putting this out there, it's good for the players to hear. But I, I have to say, I'm sure there are definitely players who are looking twice at some of their teammates wondering, 
are they a potential Jake Fromm? Are they a potential Drew Brees? Who I know Drew Brees walked back his stance about the American flag, but he said what he said and he meant it when he said it. And that got a lot of backlash from Tredavious White. That got a lot of backlash from Richard Sherman. Um, you know, Devontae, uh, not Devontae Adams, um, the, the Jamal Adams. Yeah, Jamal Adams from the Jets came out. There was a lot of outspoken criticism. So that's what I, I feel like the Bills are trying to get ahead of this by by taking a stance, by saying how they're there for their players. There's going to be an educational movement going forward because this could be one thing that tears a locker room asunder if you've got a situation like a Drew Brees. How do the Saints move forward knowing that their unquestioned leader who heretofore was beloved in their city was so tone deaf when it came to what was happening around the country? It's interesting. And when you look at Jake Fromm, who was very obviously trying to impress a woman in those text messages. I wonder how this is going to be different for Jake Fromm than it would be for perhaps Drew Brees. Now, there are people speaking out about it. There was Jamal Adams who said, "You, this is how you really feel. You just happen to get caught saying it. And Drew Brees has a relationship with the people on that team. Jake Fromm doesn't. Uh, He just met about 20 different people for the very first time down in Florida when they were working out. So is he going to be afforded the opportunity to come back from this? That's going to be a big question. Obviously, Tredavious White, not thrilled with him retweeting the Richard Sherman and Jamal Adams tweets. Um, So we, we know exactly how he's feeling right now. And it's it's going to be an uphill battle. I agree, Jamie, for for Jake Fromm. Um, just to to rehash it and pull it back for those who somehow maybe have not heard what Jake Fromm said. Essentially, the gist of his old text message was that guns are good, that they need to let me get suppressors just to make them very expensive so only elite white people can get their hands on them guns. And then he says, ha, ha, ha in very racially insensitive texts that are out there, um, which were released. Apparently he sent these in 2019. They came out because the woman who he had sent them to uh, said she felt an obligation uh, based on the Black Lives Matter movement to get these texts out there to see the light of day. And as you can imagine, as soon as the news hit, uh, social media was just a flutter with responses and reactions to Jake Fromm's text messages. And I want to give a moment here to say that the Bills were at a crossroads when it came to what to do with their fifth round quarterback, uh, fifth round draft pick out of Georgia. They could have either cut him on the spot or they chose to do what they did, which is to keep him in the fold and try through knowing that he has to be the one to do the healing with his teammates to try to use his his actions and uh, and his words to make it up to his teammates and to get back in their good graces, which is going to be a long uphill battle because, like you said, Jamie, Drew Brees at least had been in the league for 16, 17 years and had relationships, and Jake Fromm has none of that with these teammates. They haven't even physically met him, I would bet, based on the fact that they haven't had uh, any in-person uh, contact outside of the, 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 the drills down in, in Miami that were conducted last weekend. So to you, Jamie, I pose the question of what do you think about how the Bills handled this? They could have cut from, but they decided to keep him in the mix. What do you think about that? Um, well, they gave him the opportunity to uh, to address the team, which he did, and he apologized. He also released a statement uh, regarding that. And 
I'm uh, I'm going to read a part of the the statement here, which is where he said, "I am extremely sorry that I chose the words elite white people in a text message conversation," and he continued on to say that there were no excuse for his word choices and sentiment, and while it was poor, his heart is not. So, I think what you have to do if you're the Buffalo Bills is you have to watch to see how this unfolds because this is a fifth round draft pick. There's not a lot of value in fifth round picks. So cutting him would have been very easy to do. And I don't know if I would have been opposed to it depending on how it affects the locker room. And that's what they need to see. Now, Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, they talked about the strength of the culture and how that comes together, but we're not actually going to know. And I I feel like this might have been taken slightly different if the tenor of the country wasn't where it is right now. Um, because let's face it, uh, most people are on high alert when it comes to matters of race right now. And, and for good reason, because like you said, we're going to look back on what's happened over the past week and a half, and we are. This is going to be considered a historic moment in the United States, much like I'm going to speculate, like some of what we saw in the civil rights movement in 1968. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to blow this out of proportion, but that's where I think this is going. Did the Bills make the right move? I. I don't have a strong opinion on that. And and to be honest with you, um, I would need to get more information from his teammates as to what the, the proper way of going about that is. Because I just, I don't feel like I have the qualifications to say. And I wasn't trying to put you on the spot, Jamie, but I just wanted to put the question out there. And the reason I'm I'm posing it to, to you and, and I want to discuss this here on the podcast is somebody that I respect dearly when it comes to being a leader, not only in the Buffalo Bills, but in the Buffalo community, is retired linebacker Lorenzo Alexander. And Lorenzo, even though he was only in Buffalo for a couple years, has been such a vaulted member of this community, someone whose perspectives are incredibly valued. And and the question was posed on social media about would you have cut Jake Fromm, you know, basically saying, why is he still on this team after his his text messages came out? And Lorenzo adamantly said, no, he would not have cut Jake Fromm. And the reason being, this is, again, a teachable moment. And if you've got people out, we all know there's people out there in the community who unfortunately do have racist thoughts, whether their heart is pure or their heart is evil. There's varying degrees and forms of racism that take place all throughout our country. And the Jake Fromms of the world, even if he didn't mean anything by it, and maybe he's only sorry because he got caught, but he did get caught. And so rather than banishing him and saying, we're going to cut you entirely, the bills are saying, all right, we'll give you an opportunity to work with you to get you to become a more responsible Buffalo Bill on and off the field and to mend those relationships with your teammates. And to me, it almost seems like that's the more difficult route to take. It is. But it's the right route to take too because it's easy to cut ties and say we're done. But to say, you know what, we believe in you and that your intentions are good and you want to get better and address these comments, 
This is very in line with what the Buffalo Bills have done under the Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean regime. Remember, Josh Allen had those racist uh, messages, those racist uh, social media posts back when he was in high school, and he was the seventh overall pick, and the Bills did their homework, and once this came out, they talked with him, and they worked with him, and they worked through these issues together. That's exactly the parallel I will make when it comes to Jake Fromm in in the hopes that Jake Fromm can follow Josh's path and become a respected member of the team if he can earn back his teammates' trust. It seems as though Josh Allen's teammates love him, and it seems like that is something that is has been put in the past. Um, yet at the same time, you have one of Fromm's former teammates saying, um, saying basically that he lost all respect for Jake Fromm, and that's a guy who supposedly knows him. So where is this going to go? What? Okay. I, I think that trying to take young men and shape them into better people is a noble cause. What does that do to the other people in the locker room? And I'm not trying to take a counterpoint here because I don't know what the answer sure. is. Sure. I, I, I do think that you have to sit down with your leadership council of your team and say, where do we have to take that? And we know that they have a leadership council there. Uh, obviously, Lorenzo Alexander was one of those guys. Who is who are the leaders now? Can they get other people on board with this kid? Who, and again, we're talking about somebody who may not even be good enough to make the team. So, how much should you be investing in this guy? It, it's that's a tough question. It, it it really is. I I don't know what the answer is, and I almost think that if it gets to camp and guys are still looking at him, kind of giving him the side eye and he's not playing well, I think that they're going to be pretty quick to, to set him free. And, and and what I'm going to say here, Jamie, these are in no way, shape, or form. I'm going to be comparing apples and lug nuts right now in what I say. <laughs> because honestly, I want people to take this right away. It's not – these are no way, shape, or form similar in any comparison. But you look at how the Bills handled Tyrell Dodson, who was an undrafted rookie linebacker. He was arrested on a domestic abuse charge – The Bills could have cut him as well, but they followed the same school of thought where they want to work on rehabbing the player and the citizen, not just focusing on his football abilities. And that was somebody who wasn't even drafted. They let the legal process play out with Tyrell Dodson, and eventually he earned a spot on the practice squad. So it feels like the Bills are taking that same mentality of second chance, rehabilitation. I'm I'm guessing the Bills – did this while also having reached out to that leadership council, because I would find it hard to believe that they wouldn't have welcomed back and, and had Jake Fromm back on the team. If they didn't reach out to the, the, to the leaders on this team and say, how do you feel about this? Because that could be the most divisive action possible. If they bring back somebody and the teammates don't want him back, especially without having a rapport built up between them. So, you know, that's, I just wanted to put that out there as kind of a, an apples to lug nuts comparison. And the concern right now is it's obvious Trey White, the best player on the team, is not thrilled about this. So that's going to have an effect because whether you are vocal or not, when you're among the best players on a team, you are a leader and people will follow that. So is he going to come around? That's that's going to be interesting. Does, does from... You know, when he shows up, how conciliatory is he? You know, what did he say when he was addressing his teammates? 
that's going to be that's going to be interesting because again, like we said before, he's not Drew Brees with a long track record who already has relationships with people. If you already have relationships and friendships, oftentimes it's a little bit easier to to forgive and forget than it is a stranger. And I, you're absolutely right. The relationship, the the good works that you've built up during your career, can certainly serve you. Well, not to get past a mistake and and an issue like what Drew Brees said with his comments, which drew the ire from Michael Thomas and Malcolm Jenkins, his own teammates, and of course, other players around the league. And here, Jake Fromm is just a fifth rounder who has no draft, no no capital whatsoever to to be wasting. He hasn't built up any reputation in the NFL. So it was... It was unfortunate um, for the Bills to have to deal with something like this, but I, I'm a firm believer in adversity bringing together a community and having an opportunity to, again, enhance and improve the team culture. And this is causing some uncomfortable conversations to be had all across America. So if the Bills can use this watershed moment to talk about their own issues, get their own affairs in order, and you know really have some some healing, this could be a therapeutic process, I feel like, for a lot of the players who feel their voices haven't been heard in the past to try to move forward and advance as well. That's really what we're all trying to do because again, it really not to bring it back to the Kumbaya point. This is not a Kumbaya moment. What I'm trying to say is all of us have a responsibility when it comes to how we act as society members and how we move forward after the tensions that have been facing our country uh, over the death of George Floyd. And and the Bills are proving that they're no different. They're having the exact same conversations that all of us are having in our houses on a daily basis, it feels like. I want to reiterate something from earlier in the podcast here, which is this, we had no intention of this being a politics show, but what we are dealing with is something that is very real that is affecting the Buffalo Bills off of the field. And I hope that our listeners are able to take that in stride and really understand where we're coming from here, because we are in no way trying to be divisive when it comes to this or offering the opinions that we have. Granted, there there are some personal views that are going to trickle in here and there, and God knows John and I have them, and we have these conversations when we're off the air. Um, but at the same time, it's what's happening right now is far too important to just ignore. And we decided that we have a responsibility to actually discuss that. There's X's, a lot of X's and O's that we can talk about, and we will. But for today, this really seemed like the right topic of conversation. And we and we do. And Jamie, I appreciate you, you providing that clarification there. Uh, and, and I definitely want to say thank you to all of our members of Believe Nation who have listened uh, to this podcast and and hopefully you know just having this conversation was able to uh, to serve a purpose and and not just be Jamie and I talking about what's been going on with the culture at One Bills Drive I feel like it, like Jamie said we needed to talk about this in some way shape or form while again giving the perspective that we are again two white men who are talking through what is happening over very racially charged uh, situations here in America. Um, we again will get back to football, uh, you know, positional battles, you know, undrafted rookies to make an impact, but I'm glad we had a chance to sit down and talk about what's happening in One Bills Drive and across our country and also the context of Jake Fromm 
and his text messages. Um, we thank you so much for taking some time to listen to our podcast here. However, you found our podcast and uh, we will be signing off for this week and, and welcome your, uh, your feedback on future podcast topics. And look, if you want to get involved and provide any constructive feedback to this podcast in a civil manner, we would welcome that uh, on our social media feeds as well. And, uh, you know, you, I'll, look, I'll put it out there. If you want to have a conversation and a dialogue, I'm at John Boccasino. I don't know how you feel about it, Jamie. I'll totally leave that up to you on this one. Oh, yeah, please. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. And of course, we will have our story posted on buffalorumblings.com as well. But if you take the time to engage, we will have a conversation, but it has to be civil and it has to be polite on, on both ends of the spectrum. We'll respect your opinions. But if you want to get involved with our podcast, we always welcome your feedback. And, you know, Jamie, thank you for sit, for being a part of this, you know, sometimes difficult conversation, but I'm glad we had it today. I, I am too. And I'm looking forward to the feedback. Um, I, I wonder if it's going to be along the lines of a couple of the uh, DMs that I got on Twitter uh, in regards to the team name Washington Redskins. I guess when we were discussing them earlier in the season, at one point I called them Washington and at another point I called them the Redskins and the person who, uh, well, one person wrote and said, you called them Washington and called me all kinds of like names about being a snowflake and stuff like that and said he was never going to listen again because of my political views. And then another person said, you called them the Redskins. I can't believe how insensitive you are. I'm never listening to your show again. And I was like, well, <laughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, and oh, well. we'd love to have your feedback here on our podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us here on Believe. For my colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am John Boccasino. We'll be back talking more Buffalo Bills football next week on Believe. 